Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm flying solo. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you might know that last season, the 2020-2021 season, I did an episode after each and every Warriors game, preseason, regular season, play-in. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. And to be honest, I don't know if I'll be able to do that for this season because that's just uh, a lot of games, you know? Life gets in the way, get a little bit busy. But I did want to talk about this first preseason game because I've been looking forward to just seeing Warriors basketball for a few months now, like we all have. And it did not disappoint. This game was really entertaining. Yes, they won. Yes, they beat the Blazers in Portland, but yeah, it's preseason, so that's moot. Uh, I just want to talk about some things that I saw that I've been looking forward to, that I've been wanting to see for some time now once they put this roster together. First off, it was pretty clear from the outset that the starters were playing with purpose. There was a certain intensity and crispness to their game. They were passing their movement. Things were out of sync, sure, in some cases, but they definitely weren't slacking. It almost looked like they were in early mid-season form, if you know what I mean. The starting lineup was Steph, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. They looked like they pretty much picked up where they left off at the end of last season. Jordan Poole, that dude was a bit of a revelation. In 22 minutes, he scored 30 points on 10 of 17 from the field, 7 of 13 from 3, and 3 for 3 from the line. He had 5 boards, 5 assists, and 2 blocks, plus 21 for the night. Yes, it's early, but if he can bring anything close to that during the regular season, before Clay comes back, and especially after Clay comes back, then this season is going to be different. Last season, the Warriors ended with a rotation of only eight dudes, right? And they spent all season trying to find other guys who could score besides Steph. So if you have Steph, and then you have Jordan Poole, and then Andrew Wiggins, and then Clay comes back, then you have four legit scorers who can go off any night, and that's a big deal. Steph won't be double, triple teamed the whole time. You can't box and one that dude anymore. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins looked intense out there as well. He was 5 for 10, had 13 points. He had a nice forceful dunk off of a nice Steph Curry pass. It looked like he was trying to hurt the rim, which is something he didn't do that often last season. Last season, he was more finesse and layups and stuff like that. Maybe he was taking out some frustration you know? (laughs) Maybe not. But either way, seeing aggression from Andrew Wiggins is something that bodes well for this team. I'll get to some more Andrew Wiggins stuff in a minute. There was a second unit out there that looked particularly (laughs) unathletic and old. It was Poole, Andre Godala, Avery Bradley, Bielitsa, and Otto Porter Jr., that's a veteran lineup, but at first I was like, wow, these dudes are outside of pool. They're old as dirt. But, you know, Steve Kerr's just trying out lineups. I'm sure we'll see mixing in of other dudes. That unit was a little stiff at first, but individually, 
I'd say that those veteran pickups played pretty solidly in general. Bielitsa hit a couple threes. I mean, that's what you want from him. He's a stretch five. And I was like, oh, this adds a different dimension. And then Otto Porter Jr., he had 19 points in 18 minutes on five of nine, four of seven from three, five of six from the line. So again, not only do the Warriors have the potential to have four explosive scorers, but you have these supporting role players who can also hit shots when you need them to. One thing the Warriors have this year that you notice right away is they have legit NBA players, right? Like all last season, and there's nothing wrong with going to the G League or being in the G League in general or getting some run there. But last season, when you looked at their bench, it was a lot of developmental guys, whether they were young or journeymen or whatever. But now they actually have dudes in the lineup that you can trust, whether it's Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, Andre Godala. They have legit NBA dudes on the roster top to bottom, right? They have the stars, the guys who are going to get most of the touches, lead the team, etc. You have the vets who will play their parts, who aren't looking to do anything more but help the team win and fit in and do what they need to do. And then you have the young guys, the prospects, who are largely first-round picks, three lottery picks. So they have legit dudes at every spot in their roster. And that's kind of awesome. They haven't had that in a while because in previous years, they were just really, really top-heavy. Even in the 2019 season, once Katie and Clay went down, you saw that they were really, really top-heavy, and they had to play Alfonso McKinney, Quinn Cook, Jonas Jarebko, dudes like that. And no disrespect, they don't have to rely on Damian Lee, JTA, as their first guys off the bench. I mean, I like all those dudes, but you want them to be further further down the rotation. And JTA, he showed some rust, showed that kind of clunky game that he kind of has sometimes early on, but I'm sure he'll round into regular season form very, very soon. And Damian Lee, man, that's one dude that I haven't really talked about very much. I feel like he's gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit with all the talk about the vets coming in and the rookies coming in. Ideally, and we've talked about this here, you want Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson to be like your ninth, 10th, 12th, 13th guys off the bench. Also, watching this game, I didn't miss people like Kelly Oubre, who would just catch the ball, hold it, and get in Steph's way. You know, like, this team looked like it knew what it was supposed to do, how it was supposed to play with Steph. And again, it's just one preseason game, but already the ball moves quicker and it's more promising. It's just nice. They have better they have better scores. They shot 69 three-pointers. And I think last season they didn't shoot more than 54 in any given game. But this season, they actually have guys who can shoot. They have people who have shot well before. So they may not shoot 69, 70 threes a game, but if they can make them, hey, go ahead, shoot 50, 60. That battle for the 15th spot, Avery Bradley... I mean, he looked meh. <laughs> he didn't shoot particularly well. He was three of nine from the field, one of six from three. But he's a vet, and he can play defense. And if the coach is more comfortable with him, and if the vets and the core guys are more comfortable with Avery Bradley, you can see him beating out Gary Payton II 
for that 15th and final roster spot. And speaking of how deep this team is and how much talent they have, obviously we know this team is wanting to compete for a title. They're aiming to be contenders. But it's crazy, right? Like in all these other games, you'll see all the other rookies on other teams go off. You'll see Scotty Barnes go off. Trey Murphy the third went off. Josh Primo went off. But because this team is so deep and has such higher aspirations, Kamenga and Moody, you didn't hear a peep from them until late in the second half. They were okay. I mean, like they weren't great. <laughs> Moody aired out his only shot, a corner three, because he was probably amped up. Kaminga missed a bunch of threes, but whatever. They look like 19 and 18-year-olds. <laughs> but if they were on a lesser team, they definitely would have gotten more run and the focus would have been on how they did. But it just goes to show you the potential of this team in terms of talent. And obviously, James Wiseman didn't play and Clay Thompson didn't play. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about this season. We've been talking about the depth of this team, and we saw some of it. So I'm stoked. I don't know about you. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any hockey game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Andrew Wiggins talked a little bit about his anti-vax stance. And I don't want to get too deep into it because I, I just want to move on. I don't really care. It's just weird, man. You know, like it just shows you the misinformation that's out there. If he, <laughs> you should look up what he said, because if it's, if he's really worried about the vaccine really changing his DNA or making him ill in 10 years or something, then, I mean, <laughs> what does he think of all of his teammates? Was he looking at them being like, you know, 10 years, you guys are going to be dead and I'll just be the last one here. <laughs> I'll be the last one still alive from this roster. Just reading his quotes after the game, I was like, oh, man, I, I just hope this goes away. I hope nobody asks him about this anymore. Like, he has his stance. He got the vax, and that's it. We don't need to talk to him about his beliefs or if he's learned anything new. We just wanted him to get vaxxed, right? Like, I don't know Andrew Wiggins. He seems like a good dude. Everybody says he's a great teammate, and I personally pull for him, but... For everyone's sake, I just hope this storyline is done. That's it, right? We just wanted him to have that vaccine and be available for every game. End of story. That's all. Done. No one needs to ask him about this anymore. <laughs> but anyway, this game, the Warriors look good. The Blazers, <laughs> just as an aside, they look like the Blazers. They look like a team that's going to be led by Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, and a bunch of dudes who aren't good enough to get past the first round of the playoffs, depending how things shake out. But they're just not good enough. The Portland Trailblazers are the same team 
that you saw before. So if I'm Philly watching this game, I'm like, okay, I can see Dame Lillard getting tired of this by the middle of the season. <laughs> anyway, those were just some quick thoughts and observations watching the Warriors' first preseason game. A lot's going to happen. A lot depends on health. Fingers crossed moving forward. And hopefully everything keeps going in a forward positive direction from here on out. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.